0: Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you are listening to 60CHTGBSTFMBRP Podcast. Uh, uh, what did you just do? What are you talking about? That's that's the name of our podcast if I reduce it all down to the first initial of, is an acronym? of the tag. It's an acronym. Oh, that's too- And if I sound it out, it's 60CHTGBSTFMBRP tugs fm burp podcast it's so memorable that's what we'll call ourselves from now, from on. now on that's
1: what everyone will refer to us as probably
0: <laughs> i saw that's somebody ridiculous. somewhere i don't remember who it was refer to us like that it might have been on the instagram uh-huh. instagram.com slash 60 cycle hum yes instagram.com it's on the internet <laughs>
1: All right, do we have anything else to say about that, or are we done? No. This is the part of the show where you ask me what's new.
0: Oh, Ryan, what's new? Oh,
1: I got a new pedal, Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yesterday. I haven't even posted anything about the, on about it on the internet so, yet. So b-
0: before, uh, before you talk about it, the thing that I thought was funny was a couple episodes ago we were talking about... Um, like the metal master and the grunge, uh-huh. and, genre and the specific, de- genre specific pedals, and then you got this thing. I got
1: this thing, and it is a, uh it's an Ibanez. It's a Sound Tank, and it is a Slam Punk, the SP5. uh I, I've been, ever since that episode. I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking for a long time that I wanted to try out like get the metal zone or the grunge and just kind of do demos of them and try to find usable sounds and after that episode I was like yeah I got to get myself some sound tank stuff just to see what all the fuss is about all the you know people are just raving about the sound Tank stuff there are people who are in my kitchen right now doing dances trying to distract us who raves about the
0: sound tank everyone series everyone can't stop talking about them I don't know anyone who talks about them that's
1: kind of my point though is that no one's really talking about them so they could be the next big thing <laughs> They're the ne- I, they're the next big breakout secret weapon from like the late eighties. I thought they were nineties thing. Are they? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I was seeing them new in stores in the nineties when That's I was. That's because no one was, could sell their stock. When when I, was from I was learning the 80s. so this is the Slam Punk. Uh, it has three controls on it. It's got blast, blast. Yes. It's got it's got the controls that you're used to finding on. You know your standard run-of-the-mill right. distortion pedals. Okay. it's got blast. These were of made course. from 1990 to 1999. Oh, oh, I said 90s. I was 100 percent correct. Yes. Not even in the 2000.
0: No. Every every year that was the 90s, except for was it was It started in 1990. It said it's. This says 1990. This is from effectsdatabase.com. What's the first year? 1990. I the whole 90s. All of them. Yeah, I didn't miss a
1: single oh, year. All 10 of the okay. 90s. It's got, this, it's got the blast control, like I said. That's the first knob. Then it's got the spike control. You Ooh. know, I really like to have spike controls on most of my pedals. So I'm glad that, that it comes with this one.
0: Is the, is the last one either called the bump or the dig? Nope. Because if it was, it would just be a volleyball-themed pedal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not a volleyball themed pedal. This is a slam punk themed pedal. You know, slam punk. The uh, oh, slam punk. The most popular
0: genre of punk
1: that there is that everyone has heard of. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Uh, last knob is anarchy. Oh, that's the anarchy knob. You know, I've I've only got an anarchy knob on a few other pedals, and it makes all the difference.
0: I wonder how the anarchy knob compares to the havoc switch. It's on all of, like, the Caroline Guitar Company stuff. Completely different circuitry. Oh, okay. But s- similar concept, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Anarchy, <laughs> Havoc, whatever. So, anyways, uh,
1: this thing is a distortion box. It sounds... To t- it- I was actually getting some usable sounds out of it earlier. <laughs> is um, that what you called those? Yeah, there's a lot of unusable sounds yeah. locked away in this little plastic box. Um... But it's one of those things where if you use it outside of its intended use, there's some creative stuff you can do.
0: I actually, so I was when I was messing around that I just turned the gain all the way down. Yeah, and uh, and just kind of used it as like a really low gain boost. Uh-huh. It, it sounded all right. It's like actually
1: that. when I was messing around with the gain like almost all the way down, and it actually gets kind of dynamic <laughs> down at that level. Like you can pl- you can pick your notes kind of clean. And then strum pretty dirty. Right. Um, The main issue I'm having with this pedal is how bright it is. Right. It is stupid bright. And I think the way that the tone stack functions on it Mm -hmm. is that it is always that bright. That brightness signal is always there. But the tone knob, which is actually the spike knob. Right. uh, The the spike knob, um, it just dials in more of a bass frequency. Hmm. So you can you can turn the tone all the way down and still have high frequencies in this, which gives you this really '90s appropriate like mid scoop kind of sound. Right. Um, I don't know how usable that is for me. I'm not a mid scoopy guy these days. I'm 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 curious to see how this thing sounds in the mix once I get it with a band. It could be like a secret weapon or it could just disappear in the mix thanks to not having any mids in it.
0: Yeah. I now that I think about it, there's definitely like a quality to it that I could definitely just see it going away. <laughs> well, no, I mean, exactly what you're saying, like, right, it, right, it kind of just has this mid scooped, like, buzzy thing, uh huh. That at least with I was messing with the strat in both the neck and bridge positions, uh huh. And I mean, it sounds really cool by itself, and maybe like if there what if you had like a minimalist like say like maybe a punk kind of band where it was sure. just a, or
1: know. like you know not punk is too broad a term here if you had a a slam a slam punk band a slam Is punk, slam punk really a, is that a thing? I have never heard of that genre. I think they're just combining
0: slam dancing and the word punk. Here's a uh review I found okay this one this one of those distortions you get when you already have a really good distortion and you want to chain them in a row to give your good distortion more character preferably before other than other than that this is a really unremarkable distortion it suffers from the typical bloopy synthy tones you get from a, get from distortions when it is in a floop in a f- floop? i don't know what that means where did you find this review? This is on GearBug.com. It sounds like it's from
1: an alternate dimension.
0: It's not so good with contact contact mic metal. H&W <laughs> fanatics need only set it all on 10. The good news is these don't come up too often on eBay. The bad news is that makes them kind of rare, which means you'll pay a lot more money than you should to find out uh, the other chap and I are right. Oh, my gosh. Uh... Oh, there's another review. Possibly the worst gimmick for a pedal ever. The distortion is mediocre and well. The name of the unit itself and the controls are just cheesy. Blast is a level control. Spike controls the tone. And Anarchy controls the distortion. I don't recommend this one at all. I borrowed it from a friend to try it out. Had to with such a ridiculous name. And I will return it as soon as I see him next. Good points. Very little. I guess good control over the parameters. That's it. (laughs) Bad points, mediocre sound, terrible name, and control names.
1: I could see this being usable for me as kind of a, a boost, like a pre-drive boost, where I turn the gain all the way down and then I use the volume to push another pedal. Right. Or to give a little bit more of a hi-fi character with that subtle kind of mid-scoop that, that this thing has in its character. Um, unless I was doing like a... Uh, Like a, a Sex Pistols cover band mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't use this As my main tone Because it does do the punk sound It's got that punk Kind of Anarchy
0: in the UK sort of thing going on Right now another person said That this is one of the most Underrated pedals in the series Oh uh, Well you know you'd have said that you were Looking for a high gain distortion
1: yeah So is this it i'm looking for something more along the lines of a plexi sound right this is more of it's definitely just a straight distortion well i don't know (laughs) yeah it's interesting i'm gonna get around to doing a video demo of it at some point yeah uh maybe you can bring your ktr back over here and we can (laughs) do a side-by-side
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to sell that thing anytime soon. Yeah, so. bring it
1: over here. We'll we'll ab it with the KTR. See which is better. All right. Um, I paid 20 bucks for this thing, which is the correct price for all these sound tank pedals. Yeah, no matter how much they appear to be on Reverb or eBay right now.
0: No, nope. that's the price that they should be. From what I understand, the TS5 is basically like exactly the same as all of the other tube screamers. Sure. So. You know, if you can get one of those dirt cheap and want to rehouse it, like you could get a really, I've heard the the TS5s are really good. Oh, sure. But again, they're in this like everything plastic box. Yeah, the box is not great. The
1: switches are not great on this. This this pedal doesn't engage every time that you oh, really? press a switch. Oops. So it's a little bit, you don't want to depend on it being there. Sort of thing. Right. Um, but that could probably be worked around. I had a couple moments when I was first messing around with this. Like, oh my gosh, is this going to be my secret pedal? Am I going to need to rehouse this after I break the plastic case? like, right. Because I use this for the rest of my life. But now I'm more along the lines of, no, I'm probably not going to use this. Hey,
0: don't give away the secret. Maybe you can trade this to Daniel Tyak for his L.A. metal. <laughs> hey, man. Maybe I'll send this over
1: to Josh Scott and he can uh, recase it for me. Uh, I'll pay him a bunch of money. And maybe, a fancy box.
0: maybe that's the next uh, thing on the docket for uh, JHS to come out with. Yeah, maybe. Is a TS5 or a SP5. Uh, <laughs> Get that no. Ivan mean, SP5
1: sound. Yeah. <laughs> with a few little extra modifications to make it boutique To make it not suck. <laughs> you know, honestly, if this thing had better, if it had a, a knob to control the mids, then it would be a lot more usable
0: it probably really uh, I mean someone who knows more about circuits than I do uh, would have to look at it but I would imagine that you could probably just change a couple components out to change where that probably like what frequency the tone control yeah uh, is, is affecting and pretty much just fix it right there
1: yeah totally that would be an option um, do we have anything else new we want to talk about no. Oh, we got this pedal contest still. Oh yeah, pedal contest. I'm still trying to get rid of this Eno analog delay. Have you made any videos of this thing? I haven't. I should. I've been so busy lately. Um, Let's make one tonight.
0: Put on the Instagrams. <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. maybe. I'll, maybe
1: I'll. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll. We'll plug it in and we'll mess around with
0: it. Um, What we're trying to do is trying to get reviews on iTunes. That's it. Yeah, you know what? So I know a lot of you have already submitted reviews, and that's awesome. Yeah, we got some great Um, reviews.
1: I want to pick a winner.
0: I I want to say from here on out, if you submit a review to iTunes, send us copy it and then send it to us as well because some of them haven't been going through. Yeah, and also that way we know like. Because all we see are usernames, uh-huh. so it's going to be a little easier for us to contact you. If you already submitted, like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll just figure yeah. it out. On I think the fly. you can only
1: submit once. I think once you change your, you do another review, it just changes your old review. Oh, okay. Well. So you can't do multiple reviews. Uh, we're basically we're trying to get to fifty reviews, and then I'm going to release this thing. Yeah, to we're at my, thirty-four. I'm going to release it to my favorite review, basically. So you want to try to go funny. You want to try to go weird and creative. Um. If you don't think your review is weird or creative enough, you can update it, like I just said, by changing your review. Yeah, um, I like you know I want to have something that will be fun to read on on the show.
0: You said you really liked the one that
1: was just Hamlet. Oh, that was that was pretty funny. Who sent that
0: one? Uh, Isaac Vining, I don't. Yeah. Why is that funny? I don't, I don't know. Is it. this funny for that to be a review? Somebody cut, cut, and pasted Hamlet.
1: Yeah. I imagine someone looking at our podcast, like, "Oh, I'll check out the reviews before I listen to this." And there's just a big block of text that's all just Hamlet.
0: So, I think my favorite. There's review... lots of
1: ways to make me entertain. Yeah, find yeah, one of those. Both ways, of us. Find one of those ways, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you win.
0: Uh, I will say that my favorite one so far is actually. Uh, The one that is a review for WTF. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Mark Merritt one is awesome. And I'm just like... Because it's just so absurd. Yeah. But I'm not saying like, oh, if you want to win, you should make a better version of that. Right. Uh, Because again, like there's... We're just saying get weird with it. Yeah, yeah. Just... All that matters is the number of stars. Yeah, told, we're just trying to we're just trying to get numbers. I want I I want to see at least one review that gives us five stars, but just talks about how much we suck. <laughs> These guys are just the worst. And just like be like, like just this whole like you know five, six, seven, eight, nine lines about how bad we are. Uh huh. And then something, and then like one line about like I would definitely never miss an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right well let's move on. We'll start talking about this. Let's get into some
1: advertisements Ads Ads it's the time of the show where we read ads <laughs> This is why you're in an instrumental band why we read advertisements
0: on the show. Oh my gosh are we gonna come, are we gonna get bumper music? Is that the next No that was the bumper music. I know it was awful. Steve. Okay, first ad. Someone sent this to us. I don't remember who.
1: Which one? Uh, the last line. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, yeah, we'll do this one first, and then we'll do that other one next. Uh, yeah, okay. The last line. This thing hurts my heart and makes me grind my teeth. Are you looking at the picture? I am. Okay, let me pull up the description of this thing. This is a great, great neck in great condition. The fret wires are in great shape. The fret wires are straight, smooth, and healthy. The camera makes it look wavy or dented. They are neither. All in great shape. The tuners were installed as three left and three right, meaning to tighten them, the top three are reversed from the bottom three, and they all work perfectly. (laughs) The guy, not me. Did such a great job of installing them, I chose not to take them out. But it is easy to do, if you want to. Just unscrew them. So this is some kind of neck. You know you have a description, right? Do I have a description? Yeah, it says Genuine Fender oh, yeah, Mexican
0: yeah. Maple Stratocaster. This is
1: a Mexican Strat Uh Do these tuners look good or bad to you? They're bad. These are bad tuners. Like the description says it's a three and th- by three tuner pack that was put on here so the the back three are reverse which is obnoxious like you're tu- you're tuning your E string oh it's normal it's not you're turning it in the normal way you tune your a string that's normal too you tune your D string oh totally normal oh don't forget when you tune your GB and E string to go backwards yeah Because your tuners are on wrong because you bought the wrong pack of tuners and it looks awful on the back of your headstock and everyone who sees that is going to make fun of you (laughs) like they should because you're a loser with three by three tuners on your six in line
0: headstock. I just don't understand like like why one why would you how do you accidentally get the wrong tuners. The guy probably had tuners on something else and he decided, hey, I'm going to take the tuners from this other guitar and put them on this guitar. The other thing is like, these are just, why would you use these as replacement tuners for anything? These are the janky import, uh, what they call like diamondback tuners. Yeah, they're the worst. Uh, Those ones that are kind of this like funky parallelogram. Uh-huh. three-dimensional The sort of, the sort of tuners you would find on, like, a 90s Rogue. Well, they're the kind of tuners that I that were on Squires for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Just the worst. But they're just... Yeah, they're generally considered, like, the worst tuners that... At least that a major manufacturer uh-huh. has used. They're the kind where, like, you, you start
1: to turn it, and you get, like, half a turn in before the tuning part even engages.
0: You yeah, know? that's pretty much the tuners I have on my... Precision bass. <laughs> a little better right. than that. but It's got to warm up to you tuning it before it actually does anything. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This, I hate that thing.
1: This thing is just sad. But uh, it's a Mexican neck. You can reverse this. How much did he want for it? Uh, 80, 81 Well, bucks.
0: it's being bid on. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows how high it will go? There were two days left at the time of this ad. And that was
1: like a, a month ago. A month ago. Thank you, whoever sent us this ad, by the way. I'm sorry I forgot who you are. It was probably uh, Co. Oh or Andrew Thomas or one of our regulars.
0: Yeah. We're going to do the pop culture ad We next? are
1: going to do the pop culture oh. ad. Oh, Steve, oh. Steve is just itching and itching and scratching to
0: do this. I am. Okay, you jump on it, man. Uh, Oh, crap. I just closed it. Steve? Oh, I got to find it. Oh, 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 don't you know this ad is beautiful? All right, that's my One Direction reference. Good job, Steve. Uh, pop culture reference. Come on. There we go. One Direction acoustic guitar, purple, Z- Zayn Malik 1D, Uh, $75. So this is one of those. Uh, here, I'll just read the description. Yeah, just read it, Perfect, Steve. Perfect gift for the morning Zayn Malik. Sold out rare collector's item, not made anymore, and will never be made again. One Direction acoustic guitar asking $75, in excellent condition, works well, no damage of any kind, no holes, scratches, scuffs, just a bit of wear on the small D string label. No box, nothing but the guitar and its strings and string labels. A rare, the One Direction first act acoustic guitar is designed and sized to be easy for beginners to pick up and use. This steel string acoustic guitar features one-direction band images as decoration. Made for great tone and comfort, this first-act guitar is optimized for easy playability. Low string action improves the steel string acoustic guitar's ease of use for entry-level players. A patented string post keeps little fingers safe and makes the first-act acoustic guitar more comfortable to play. This steel string acoustic guitar features a plastic build and an 18-fret neck. I didn't realize this guitar was made out of plastic. Stickers that come with this first-act guitar can help teach string names. Okay. First-act, one-direction acoustic guitar. Designed inside to be easy for beginners to strum right away. Are you reading it Features, again? No, I'm reading the last part. Okay. Uh, designed to be easy for beginners to strum right away. Features one-direction band images as decorations on top. Great tone, comfort, and playability. Made from plastic—that's my favorite tone. Wood, wood uh-huh. is plastic. Yep. Steel string acoustic guitar, low string action. They kind of just—did they just take all? Yeah, of, okay, yeah. Anyway. They kind of just reworded. So all one that. of the things, one of the reasons I put this on here is because—did you take a close look at those tuners? Yeah, they're
1: I've I've seen these on other like student model guitars lately. I have no idea what I'm looking at.
0: I guess there's some kind of like label thing that goes over but there's some sort of giant plastic post instead
1: of yeah, a regular metal post it's because
0: it's, it's got to go all the way over like your string uh, and like any whatever string nub you left so oh. you so when you're like playing your guitar or whatever you don't accidentally I wonder if there was some kind, kind of hand like or something accident in a
1: lawsuit against first act over like some kid poking their eye out I,
0: I have no idea let's talk about the far more important thing this could be the last... Ver- like, this version of this guitar might never be made again because Zayn has left One Direction. Do you think they're going to keep making One Direction guitars? They're going
1: to have to make new ones without Zayn. I mean, I'm not familiar with these kids at all. I don't... I. It's like a boy band thing, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're I, they're I, a boy... They're British. They're a British boy uh, band. They don't really dance that much. Do they play instruments? One of the guys... There's a picture of him playing electric guitar uh-huh. that's like actually made the circles on Reddit like a couple years ago, um, because his guitar's not plugged in. <laughs> but it, I think it was from like a television performance, which is why right, like right. And a lot of those, I like, mean, you could slam that, you could
1: throw that label on the or that accusation on the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? And the
0: Red Hot Chili Peppers actually like they kind of addressed that. We're like, well, yeah, it's all pre-taped. Yeah We just had our instruments on So we could like go nuts But yeah We're not The only thing live I think The only thing vaguely live Was Anthony Kiedis' vocals Sure For that And that's normal Right um, But yeah So one of the guys Like caught a bunch of crap I will say One of their songs So I You know I work with like Middle schoolers And high schoolers at church, Sure And a lot of them Were like Oh One Direction sucks
1: Sucks. wonder what the rest of the Oh, sucks. And uh, so... I didn't know what you were going to say there. So, uh... I thought you were going to be like, One Direction, sometimes I listen to them. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> only when I'm sad.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> so, all the time? All the time. <laughs>
0: um, th- so, they have this one song that was like a radio hit for them called um, Story of My Life. Okay. And it's this kind of like acoustic like it's not it's kind of this acoustic ballady thing uh i would say i don't know who i would say would put that type of song out but it's very much in it kind of has this like late excuse me beer burps good job what are we drinking by the way oh uh we're drinking
1: modern times yeah we are i drink a saison 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 what are you drinking
0: uh, I'm drinking one of their IPAs. Yeah, drinking the IPA. I'm going to have their tropical wheat thing. Modern a Times. Later.
1: Modern Times, guys. Check them out. Good beer. Yeah. All right. What
0: are you saying about One so, Direction? So, anyway, so they have this song called Story of My Life. It's just this acoustic, like super simple riff, like GCD kind of a thing. And I started. And so all these kids are like talking about how much they hate One Direction. And then I start playing the song on guitar and I start singing it, like just a little part that I could figure out from hearing it on the radio and whatever uh-huh. and whatever words i could remember and like two or three kids are like oh man i love that song <laughs> and i was like you know this is one direction right they're like no right no but like like i'm like dude like listen like next time you hear it, like lis- there's definitely four five part harmony on this song or whatever uh-huh you know this is a one direction song it's just not that like overproduced you know synthesizer sound it's sure this stripped down acoustic guitar and like string orchestra thing going on right and these kids were just like watching their brains explode <laughs> over the fact that like they the, oh my gosh i can't believe i like the one direction song yeah we've talked a lot about one direction so on do you episode. think the
1: value on this is fair no what do you think the value should be i don't know like forty, forty 40 dollars maybe do you think there'll be no any? Do you think there'll be any long-term collectability? No,
0: no. This is these like, are the, like flash, flash in the pan. This is of like the Washburn Hannah Montana guitar. Okay, uh, I just don't. I don't. Think I mean, like, there's enough of a novelty there. First act is producing these, so there's like a trillion of them. Sure, sure. Maybe not a trillion. Probably only like a billion. I mean, this looks like the sort of thing that would be
1: hanging out, hanging up on a booth at the swap meet, you know?
0: It, exactly. It, it's, it was probably sold in like Walmart. It pro- 75 bucks was probably what it cost a new. Right. Um, and it's just, I don't want to say it's garbage. I feel like that's unfair to actual guitars that are garbage. Here, here's a,
1: well, let's just, let's just talk about the collectability of it. Let's assume that like 19, 19- 98 or like 2002 or something like that somewhere in that range there was a student model in sync guitar made
0: would that have any collectability now i think in sync was big enough that it might it might have some collectability. I could see an in sync guitar having collectability now fifteen years later. That was the one with Justin Timberlake, right? Yes.
1: And that's part because right. he's he's retained a certain amount of celebrity. He's he's retained and celebrity.
0: All of those people have grown up and they're still like a lot of them are still fans of that of like that sound, right. even if it's just out of nostalgia. Um But then like Matt, if this let's call this
1: the same price range quality of guitar from then would that be worth more than $75 now? What I, what do you think the value would be? Like a hundred bucks? Maybe like a couple hundred. You think a couple most. hundred? I
0: think for the right person. But what I'm saying here is it ha- one, it'd have to be NIB. This is not NIB. Uh huh. New in box. Right. Never been opened. You know, some signatures would be nice too from a show. Signatures would be nice, but not necessary. Sure. I think new in box, like sealed in box. Um, but i think the the really the bigger thing is like i think in sync's target demographic was a little different sure one direction is i mean they kind of are this are like sugary to the point of being almost like a children's band right like i would say that their their market segment is is like young teens and preteens Whereas like in Sync and Backstreet Boys were more like definitely in in the solid teen market. They were
1: they were they they had their their feet directly planted into puberty. Right.
0: The other <laughs> the other issue I think at least from a states perspective because I don't know how One Direction is done in their home country of of the UK. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But like. I remember, I th- I think it was ninety nine or two thousand. I'm so glad
1: that the kingdom is united now. Yeah. By the way,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, somewhere somewhere in ninety nine two thousand, there was a period of like six months where the album sold record broke like on a monthly basis. Oh, okay. Well because like like that's how in- insane the the popularity of these these boy bands were just across the board is like they would release an album and it would set a record that weekend for albums sold. Right. And you just don't see that anymore. I think it, you're not going to you don't see album sales that are comparable to that anymore. Right. But I also just don't think you see like the widespread popularity. Right. Every, and, and everyone's that, got their own niche these days. And that affects staying power. Yeah. And absolutely. so, you know, we're having a conversation about sync and the Backstreet Boys right now. I don't think in ten years we would be able to have a conversation about One Direction. Sure. I don't think kids who are like, let's see, ninety nine. I was like fifteen. Hey man, I'm am
1: ready to have a conversation about Millie Vanilli. So, <laughs> girl, you know it's true.
0: I'm a little young for Millie Vanilli. I remember them. With I know their, the with their with their shorts and their dreads. Was that their song? Girl, you know it's true. Yeah. Okay, that's the only thing I know. Yeah, I think I
1: must have been like six or eight maybe even seven years old i remember
0: them being out i just i just i mean by the time i really understood who they were that was like post controversy and like where they were they'd already become a laughing stock right right excuse me man i excuse
1: you let's hit one more ad and then let's get straight into sure you want
0: to do that cool sticker gibson or you want to hit that amp collection let's see if we can just do it real quick let's do the cool stickers one are we going to do the amp one, the cool sticker? We, we don't this have This is a weird episode. Let's
1: do let's do the stickers one. We'll do the amp one some other time. All right. The amp one's Just, extensive. It is, that is like almost like a whole ad, ad section. All right.
0: Epiphone, Les Paul with cool stickers and hard case, 75 bucks. This is in San Diego. I picked this one. Yeah, you, you want, want to read it? Uh, no, you read it. You my guitar it. from my good old college days. Has some cool Blink-182 and other stickers on it. Tom DeLonge humbucker... I did not realize that. Tom DeLonge humbucker pickup installed plus custom self-trimming. Tu- really? I should have actually read this ad. Self-trimming tuning knobs must pick up asking $75. So I put this on here because I thought this was a piece of garbage. I mean, it's
1: got all those cool stickers, though. Oh. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The cool stickers are what really bumps up the value of this so guitar. This,
0: this is an Epiphone special, too. Right. Uh
1: Les Paul Special 2. This is a this is a $65 guitar on a good day.
0: Uh I'd say 100. You think a straight 100? I mean, it I'm does saying, have it does have two pickups. I'm saying if it doesn't have the stickers.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, you can knock 5 bucks off to get a bottle of Goo Gone. Sure. Yeah.
0: I think 75... So, I put this on here just because, like, the stickers I find hilarious. Well, there's a Blink-182 sticker. Uh, yeah. There's a Vans
1: off the wall sticker. So, this kid listens to Blink-182. There's an Angels and an
0: Airwave sticker.
1: Oh, okay. What's the blue one?
0: I don't... I couldn't figure out the blue one, and I don't know who RMG is. Uh... I was gonna to try to make something
1: up, but my brain, my, yeah, brain, my okay. brain is broken now.
0: Oh, there's one of those uh, pick holders attached to this. Oh, is there? That's an yeah, extra value a pick holder. Oh right yeah, there. I see it. I see it. Um, seventy five bucks. I think I could get some Goog on and sell this guitar by itself for seventy five bucks and keep the case.
1: Oh yeah, it comes with a case. Yeah. Okay, this is a great deal. So this I mean, co- it's got the it's got the aftermarket pickup, which
0: doesn't increase the value. It, it's the Seymour Duncan Invader. I would probably pull that thing out, sell it for yeah. forty bucks by itself, yeah. and find somebody who will sell me a, a piece of crap Epiphone pickup for yeah. ten bucks. I don't
1: know why he went to the trouble of putting super fancy tuners on this thing.
0: Yeah, uh, so the self-cutting tun- trimming tuner is like the Spursle locking tuner, yeah, or something similar to that, and. Uh, that's an expensive tuner set. Yeah, that's that. That's like the same cost of the, as the whole guitar. Here's what I would do. Uh huh. Take the tuner if the tuners are in good shape, like no pitting, whatever. Take the tuners out, sell them on, whatever. Uh huh. Take the Invader out, sell it on, whatever. Yeah. Sell the rest of the. Uh, take the Goo clean the body up, sell the guitar as is. As is. No wow. tuners, missing pickup. What would you I get th- for that? Like I think I could get forty bucks. Yeah. So this is this is Flip City. So it's, that's forty bucks, eighty bucks. If I can get forty for the Invader, uh, that's eighty bucks. I've got to sell those tuners. I bet I could get twenty, thirty bucks for those tuners at least. Uh huh. So that's one ten, and I've still got a case. And you still
1: got that case, and you can get forty bucks for that case. Yeah, it's like a hard case. Yeah. So you get you're one fifty. You're doubled. I'm gonna go look for this ad when I get. Home. I know, right? Good, I, good thing I, this ad's not going up for a couple. This episode's not going up for a couple days. I
0: posted the, uh, this because I thought it was just the stickers were so stupid. Yeah.
1: Well, anytime you see a guitar with stickers, it just hurts. You yeah. Know? yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. This is this is Flip
1: City, man. All you got to do is take things apart and sell them. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna not look if for I it. beat you to it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm at your house.
1: <laughs> hey, man, you're on my Wi-Fi. No, no listening on my Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm gonna change the
0: password. Real I haven't quick. flipped anything in a while. Yeah, because I don't have 3G. Uh, hold on, this could be a deal breaker. Oh, this is in PB, so it's not that far. Yeah, you're closer. You go
1: get it. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> this is. If it's in PB, does that make this a stoner special? Probably. Is not? I wonder if I could talk him down to sixty.
1: <laughs> you? Oh my gosh. You might be able to if it's still up. Oh man, I got. I'll look for it. Would you? Would you? yeah you'd probably leave the stock pickup in the neck huh yeah 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 D- leave the strings in there too
0: just you can't, just have oh yeah flopping you're take, around you're
1: taking the tuners off that's right
0: hey here's uh here's some strings all
1: right let's move on to the topic
0: yeah we-, we done the
1: ads we're done one of these days we're gonna do an all ads episode and it'll just be straight ads for the whole episode we won't do a topic we won't even do a what's new just ads. Beginning. Just right out the gate. Yeah.
0: Hi, this is Ryan. Hi, this is Steve. Ads. You're listening to
1: stuff. Ads. Ads. We're into ads. Here we go. And it will it will cram like eight ads into one episode. Nice. Cracking a new one, huh? Yeah. What which one is that?
0: This is the Fortunate Islands. Uh it says it is a Hoppy Tropical Wheat. Mm mm-hmm. mm. So it's gonna be like a
1: Hef or something like that.
0: I guess. Yeah. I wonder if by tropical they just mean banana.
1: Yeah, I, I think I had that the other day. I don't remember what the tropical thing was. I didn't. I didn't like taste kiwis or coconut in it or anything like that. Um,
0: it just says it's citrusy tropical hop aromatics. The
1: uh, the big complaint with with uh, well, I don't know if complaint, but the big cheese with with uh, really anal beer people is that Hefeweizens that are made in America apparently have a banana flavor to them where the ones made in in uh, Europe or in Germany do not. I don't know what flavor they have instead of banana. But uh, hey, I like banana.
0: Well, I've definitely I definitely know what you're you're talking about. Right. I've, I've tasted it. It's been a while since I've done like a much in the way of Hef sampling. Sure. Like I think I had the Hefeweizen from Gordon Biersch. Oh, okay. If if I'm thinking of the right place, and that one definitely uh, has like a banana thing going on. I don't hate that. No, me either. I like bananas. Um, but it's definitely you know some people don't like bananas. I guess. Well, I think it's more like.
1: Oh, they didn't do it right because now you taste the banana. It's not like oh, I hate bananas. It's like right. oh, this, this beer wasn't made the exact same way that it sure. would have been made in Germany by a German guy. Well, our water is different. Yeah, exactly. So whatever,
0: I don't care. I like
1: it <laughs> all. Man. I really like the uh, the orange wit from Coronado. Yeah, they make a good one. Uh, that's like my you know Sunday afternoon sitting in the sun eating and drinking beer. Yeah,
0: I, I like the orange wit. I. I don't like Hangar twenty four's orange wheat though. Oh really? It's a little too straight ahead for me. I like me. the
1: Hangar twenty four
0: too. Uh I've heard on tap it's really good. I don't yeah, I don't think I've had it. But the bot I bought a six pack of it and like I mean I drank it all but it was kinda like <laughs> it was just Oh, you drank it. It just didn't really have any like I feel like the orange and the orange wit is very upfront. Sure. With the hanger twenty four, it just kind of hangs back and like you barely realize it's there.
1: All right, let's stop talking about beer and start start talking. Yeah, start talking about this topic. Do you know how to talk? If I can remember how to talk, we will talk about this topic. It is from Simon Anon Anonson An- Anonson.
0: I think it's Anonson
1: Anonson Simon Anonson. Here's what Simon says: Hello, guys. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs>
1: Steve, let me read it. Hello, guys. I'm from Norway, but I still love your podcast. Can you believe it? I can't. Thanks for a great podcast. Here is my topic. (laughs) He can't believe it. He can't believe that he likes our podcast. He loves it. I can believe it. How many listeners do we have in Norway?
0: As far as I can tell, we have two listeners in Norway. At least two. Well, we've had a total of 80 downloads from the country of Norway. Well, then we
1: might have 80, de- 80 We could have
0: 80 people who have only listened to one episode. But we definitely
1: have more than one.
0: Yes. Okay. Or Simon has listened to a bunch of episodes more
1: than once. Okay. So he asks, these weird roller expression and volume pedals look really cool. And he supplied a link to ClassicAudioFX.com uh, and asked, what do you think? Also talk about volume pedals in general. Do you use them? If so, how? What kind? Buffer or not? Where to put in the chain, and so on. Have a good one. You Americans say that, right, Simon? Yeah, we we. What does he mean? Have a good one. Have a good one. What? That's like he's saying is that's like an American phrase. Have a good one. I don't. I don't know what that means. I've never heard it before. I'm not sure that's an American thing. I think he might be thinking of Canadians. Oh yeah. Have a good one, eh? Hey yeah what we say how about you have a good one we don't say have one. oh you didn't have a good one sorry you know we don't say have a good one in America what we do say is yeah no we say have a good one we say all sorts of stuff in America we say have a good lot of things yeah I sometimes I have I say have
0: a good dozen oh my god like I have that many have a good two yeah have good have a good three or four have a good five no we definitely say have a good one yeah um the, roll, the pedal he's talking about is made by Classic Audio Effects. Um, it's this uh, volume pedal, I believe. It's a little
1: pedal with a big metal roller in it. And they, he has a couple different models. He has the uh, like an expression one. He has yeah. a volume one. And I thought there was a third one, but I could be wrong. I'm
0: only seeing the volume and expression, and they're both sold out. Yeah. So this guy... Uh,
1: he makes these little pedals that are just for your volume or your expression control with a big metal roller in it. So you can kind of slide your foot across it. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the classic volume pedal design. That's more like a, uh, like a crybaby wall right. sort of situation.
0: I really like what's going on with these. I think for, I think for, for my uses, uh, I don't know if I'd want to deal with the learning curve. For the volume, for like swells and stuff. Well, I I don't think this is the sort of thing you use actively, like while you're playing. Right, that's what I mean.
1: It's a micro adjustment sort of thing, like oh, my tremolo needs to be a little bit faster. Oh, my delay needs to be on a little bit different speed. You know, things like that, and you can just you can tweak your settings easier than like doing the take well, your shoe you off I think the ex- and then take your sock off and then like fiddle with the knobs with your toes like oh, I do gosh. and then somehow slide your foot back in your sock and your shoe before the end of the song.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, the expression pedal portion would be more useful to me. And I, it looks like from the pictures that these are about the size of like an MXR sure type case or like, you know, the 125B... Or the, is it the 1590A or double D? I don't know, man. You don't, yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking you. Uh, but it's just a classic small box design. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's a co- interesting product. I'm curious. I think it's
1: unique. I've never gotten a chance to mess around with them, but I'm, I would be curious to play around with the expression pedal variation yeah. with a few of my pedals. Yeah. Uh, just because it seems like it would be a really good solution for on-the-fly tweaking of, of your stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's a good. It would be a great solution for someone who does a lot of swell and like volume pedal work.
0: Saying you don't think it would be, or it would be I'm for- saying
1: that without ever having tried one. I can't imagine that you can do a lot of fluttery or like swell, like volume sort of stuff with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could probably. You could make it work if your foot was big enough, which I think ours are. Yeah, but
1: think about how you put your your weight on a volume pedal. I know how. And you, you manipulate it with your ankle, basically. Yeah, I'm
0: saying you could do it. I'm not saying it would be
1: comfortable. Sure. It would be a little bit of a challenge to do quick work on this or to do consistent swells. Right. But it's the sort of thing where if you need to have slight volume control or you know some may you know maybe this isn't the sort of thing you use for your swell volume control you use this as a pre volume before your drives in case you want to roll back your volume into the drives a little bit you know and you can kind of tweak it as you're playing
0: maybe you use it because you're using two different guitars in a set and you need to sure. uh, adjust between those two or something So
1: then he asks about volume pedals in general uh, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I use a volume pedal. Yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> does that answer the question? I don't think it does. He wanted to know said, more.
0: talk about volume pedals in general. Do you use them? Okay. Wh- what do you yes. use right now? Um, so I, for a long time, I had the uh, Ernie Ball uh, VP, uh-huh. the full size, the 6160 mono. Yep. Uh, which is the 250K passive volume. Um and uh Wow. Ah, uh, go ahead and say it. And Steve. then I gave that away, sort of. Um, and I uh geez. You're currently a,
1: using the Morley mini volume. I am currently using the Morley Mini. You're As just, am I. Yeah. But mine is modified it. I don't know if you modified yours, yeah.
0: Oh, did you do the whole thing with the thing I cut out the keyhole. You cut you oh, you just cut it out. Well I didn't cut it out, I modified the shape of it. Right, did you? I'm saying, did you cut it to modify the shape, or did yeah? You... I cut
1: it. It's irreversible.
0: Okay. See, I was messing with like trying to tape a pick in there or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Or use like different no, types you, of to, tape to
1: get what I'm going for. I had to cut material out, and I'm still gonna get, get back in there and cut more out. Huh? I'm slowly tweaking it. Uh, basically, let's talk about the difference between a couple of volume pedals. Sure. The Ernie Ball uh, VPS. I had the junior yeah i still have it Uh, i stopped using it because it just it takes up a lot of space and i was getting a squeak on it that i wasn't happy with
0: you know i think as far as actual board footprint the morley mini and the ernie ball jr are the same but if you have a two-tiered board like you run and like i run uh I think the Morley's a better fit because you can fit that better on a single tier.
1: Yeah, I can. I didn't lose any pedals on my lower tier, and I gained a pedal on my top tier when exactly. I got the Morley. Uh, the Morley is a little wider. Unfortunately, they designed it wrong. Morley doesn't listen to common sense. Everyone keeps telling them things to do differently, and they won't do it because they think they're the best. But that's another story. Is that, what, is that um, what's going
0: on? The
1: uh, the Ernie Ball Junior is not as wide, but it's a lot longer. Yeah. So it takes up a full, like two tiers of your pedal board. Uh, the big difference is the kind of circuit that's in there. The EB Junior or the e, like the Ernie Ball in general, they use pots, like the, what's in your guitar yeah. or in a wah pedal, to be a physical resistance to your signal. And it's uh, that's a you know it's one way to do it. There's nothing wrong with that way. The downsides to that are eventually pots do wear out. Uh, those strings on the EB Juniors eventually do break. Uh, some people complain about the whole buffering thing. Some people complain. I never
0: had any issue with mine. I don't. Yeah,
1: me either. Uh, some people complain that with a pot-based volume, that as you're turning it down, it starts to bleed your tone a little bit. Right. Uh, I Which never, is the
0: same principle as with like a you know you get a strat with a, sure with the treble bleed or whatever
1: yeah uh, I never had an issue with that where it's like oh I hate what that this is doing this but right. I did notice a difference when I switched to the Morley and that's kind of the uh, one of the the uh, the unique selling propositions of the Morley is that it is an optical circuit meaning that there's no pot involved, there's no physical resistance, it's an optical circuit, and it is straight, uh, just only volume control across the sweep. The downside to the Morley, like I was saying earlier, Morley doesn't have any common sense, and the way they've designed the sweep on these things is stupid.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, every, every review I've read on these is either... You're going to have to get used to the sweep or you're going to have, to, going to, have modify to modify it. it. I didn't modify mine because like, I just felt like I could work around it for the most part. Sure. I mean, um, basically
1: what you get with a stock Morley is that the first 30% of the heel is off. And the last 30% of the toe is on. And in the middle is where the sweep is. So what is that? That's uh, 40% 40 left in the middle. So you have this really narrow sweep right there in the middle of your play. Because the way way an optical volume works is that there's an LED and an LED sensor inside the pedal. And a piece of material that moves between them with a hole cut in it. And as the hole gets bigger, then it uh, allows your signal through. Is that how it works, or it's reversed from that? I forget. It's one of those things. But so yeah, basically, but that's the, the, basic- the hole that's in there is shaped like a big, big square going to a little square. So there's not any like smooth blend. They call it an audio taper instead of a linear taper, right? And, and morally claims that it's superior, and they're wrong. Um, but the good news is, you can get in there if you take the pedal apart with a razor blade or a pocket knife. You can carve the uh, the hole to be A linear taper.
0: Yeah. You know, the bigger thing too is like whether it's audio taper, or linear taper, it's a, uh, it's like a hard break. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think there's just a flaw in the shadow casting of it all. Uh, The thing I actually, I thought you were going to talk about was I think the footprint of this pedal is about 30% wider than it needs to be. Yeah. You open that thing up and it's, it's a pretty straightforward internal circuit uh, there's not really... There's just a lot of empty space. It kind of reminds you of like the old EHX stuff. Yeah. Where you'd get this giant big muff pedal with this tiny circuit inside of it. This
1: the, the Morley pedal doesn't need to be any wider than the foot pad is. But for some reason, they've given it a whole side part just to house the LED light and the logo for this thing. It should just be the exact size of the foot pedal.
0: Yeah, put that LED like on the side of it or... I don't know on the. I guess on the. I would put it on the side so it protrudes. Sure, or on the bottom, or anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Um, and then, uh, but the, yeah. realistically,
1: I'm not losing out on anything by having it be the width it is. There's nothing that isn't fitting on my board because of it at the yeah. moment. Um, I suppose if it if it was a little bit more narrow, because I have space on there. My rotation spot is basically a boss pedal width. If uh, if they made the Morley Wa uh, the Morley volume a little bit narrower, I could fit you know a wider pedal in there.
0: Yeah, or you know you could fit a Boss pedal and then like a finger, sure, sure, a finger enclosure. It's just it's just pedal.
1: aggravating that they put that extra space on there when they were making a mini pedal. They were designing a miniature pedal and they still made it much bigger than it needed to be. Sure, and it's you know it's a, it's a head scratcher. Are there other types of volume pedals? He was asking about the buffer thing. So I don't have a lot of experience with yeah, that.
0: Yeah, neither of us use that, use that. So the Morley, I believe, is still considered a passive volume pedal. Sure. Uh, so uh, there's a, a few different terms. Um, there's it doesn't boost. There's passive volume. There's active volume, and then there's buffered volume. So passive and active just have to do with the type of guitar that you wanna use it with. Sure. So if you're using like a Strat into one of these, like if you're using a a standard pickup, non-battery powered, Uh then you're gonna want a passive volume pedal. If you're using like EMGs into a volume pedal or some kind of like battery powered pickup, then you're gonna want an active volume Mm -hmm. pedal. I, I don't know if that's true. I've never heard that before. It's true if your volume pedal is first in your chain. Okay. Is Uh, it really based on your pickup? Yes. Because I've always looked at active pedals as being... It gives you the
1: option of of having a boost on
0: it. No. The only difference between the passive and active Ernie Ball models is that the passive is a 250k pot and the active is a 25k pot. And that's the same swap that you make on your instrument itself for the volume and tone controls.
1: Okay, I I see.
0: Uh, So that's that. Now, I have heard that if you put that, um, if you put your volume pedal after a buffered bypass pedal, then it doesn't matter. Right, which one you have? Sure, because because that first that buffered pedal is already like adjusting your signal to like a normal impedance. Gotcha. Now, a buffered pedal is a different thing. A buffered pedal is a pedal that has to be powered because it has an active circuit in it that's going to buffer. So it's not going to boost your signal necessarily, but it's going to like do some processing to retain your signal strength. Um, I don't really have the most. Uh, worked out analogy for how buffering works. Okay. Um it's complicated. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> it's not it's not complicated. Buffering basically is like replicating your signal uh and I I've heard people say like oh it changes the impedance, it changes this or that. I don't know if It sounds complicated. I don't know what is and isn't true, but the basic analogy is like you know, it's it's making it so your signal is Buffered, right, right. Buffering, yeah, totally. Like you know, when you're trying to watch a video on your computer and your right. internet's slow, and you got to buffer. You're working
1: out at the gym. You're buffing. Buffering. <laughs> you're getting buffered. Yeah,
0: or you're like trying to get a shine on your oh car. Oh my gosh, you're this buffer- went sideways. You're buffering it. Um, but anyways, the bigger thing, the bigger point is that uh, a buffered volume pedal is supposed to retain your signal strength. A lot of people claim that these volume pedals, uh, in passive mode, like suck tone, uh-huh. which basically is like, just means that they remove the highs. Sure. They cut high end. Yeah. There's a high, they, end like blade. maybe lower your signal strength a little. And so b- having a buffered volume pedal is supposed to fix that problem. Yeah. And there's people who do mods
1: to the existing pedals out there and there are very expensive pedals that already have those mods, put in them, Yeah, you know, there's so many options out there right now. It's, it's. You know, dizzying. He asked, where do we put our pedals in the chain? What? How do you use your pedal for bass? Uh,
0: you know, I think, because um, I'm looking at yours. Oh, you know what? Do you run your... You might run yours differently. You or...
1: can't... Looking at my board is not going to tell you how it's being run okay. right now. Okay. Because the cables kind of crisscross that. around.
0: All right. Uh, so I run my volume pedal post-drive. Okay. Um, there's, a, of course, a big... There is a pretty big internet debate that goes round and round about this Uh uh-huh uh i'm definitely in the camp that says volume pedal first in your chain that's what you've got a volume knob on your guitar for sure um and it's because so basically volume pedal first means that when you are adjusting your pedal you're adjusting your single strength at the beginning so um and if you're i put mine post drive because a lot of Dirt pedals um, will react differently based on their input. Oh, absolutely. So if you have like a really. Every dirt pedal. It's the will. same thing as an amp. Yeah. Well, I would, maybe not every dirt pedal, but a lot of them. I can't think of one that wouldn't. Uh, Dan Electro Grilled Cheese, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah, but then you're not. Okay, never mind. Just, uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Anyway. That's just um, a
0: noisemaker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> The point is, is that a lot of, if the vast majority of dirt pedals, uh, change their character based on what their input is. When I use a volume pedal for swells, which is the main thing I use it for on both guitar and bass, I use it for swells and I use it to mute my signal. Right. Um, And uh, so the sound that I want as I as I swell forward is is just full gain sure. it's a what, it's
1: a volume modulation of your gain
0: right whereas if you have your vo- volume pedal first in your chain you are both modulating your gain and your volume at the same time you're cutting your gain first. well you're cutting it when it's right. when it's when it's heel down you are you have cut everything right. but as you go forward you're increasing both your gain and volume simultaneously right. some people really think that's a cool sound that's that's fine uh, for guitar, I think it it can work a little better to have that like clean to dirt transition. Sure. But I've definitely felt like with bass because the signal on bass is already like kind of different to begin with. Yeah. Just totally. the way a bass produces sound. Like I want my full bass signal to hit whatever distortion pedal I'm running through. Sure. Or fuzz or whatever. And I want when I'm I want the same fuzz. Character yeah at different volume at different volume levels. Absolutely. So that's why I run uh, I run my drives and then uh, volume pedal and Then my modulation. Yeah,
1: I'm in the same camp as you as far as how I use the volume pedal I have it my, my the first thing in my chain is my tuner and then I run through all my drives and then it the signal loops back through the volume and then after the volume, I have all my modulations, all my time-based effects. And basically, the way that works is like you were saying, if if I have the volume down halfway, the gain is still exactly the same amount of gain. Right. And then I'm just adjusting the volume of the gain. And that's really the way to do it if you're doing swells. Because that gives you the gain ramping up into your time-based effects to give you those long delays. And then pulling it out when you drop your heel to give you the uh the repeats of your gain um i do think the sound of a volume pedal first in your chain sounds cool too though it sounds cool (laughs) though too i just talked so weird um that that sounds cool too um look but it's it it is it controls the gain amount it gives, you, it gives you a control parameter over the gain amount of your drives. So if you're looking to have a functionality where you can adjust your overdrive's gain or your distortion's gain or your fuzz's gain yeah. while you're playing, that is the correct thing to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically the short version of all this is there's not necessarily a right way to do this, but if you're not doing it the way we are, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true Steve uh, if you're I would
1: say try them both ways if you're trying to do kind of clean modern sounding swells with your delay pedals and your reverb pedals you definitely want to have it after your gains yeah is the is the norm if you want to just control your gain of your overdrive and distortion and fuzz pedals then uh, you want to have it before that but I honestly don't hear many people doing that these days I think that's the odd man out the yeah, the I, first in the line I
0: think most people are now in the volume pedal I think Nate runs his
1: first or
0: worship leader what does he know <laughs> He's got some good sounds man Yeah I don't think he knows how he does but
1: it But if if you're in a rhythm guitar situation then that could be the correct way to do things because you're going you because you control going from a heavy
0: overdriven sound to a light overdriven sound
1: very easily Right
0: And, you know, maybe if you already run, like, I I could see with a P90 equipped guitar. Sure. I use P90 as an example of just like a hot pickup. Hot and bright. Like maybe you run, you're already turning that pedal down or you're turning your volume knob down at your guitar to like six or seven to kind of like tame that a little. And you want a little finer control. So you've got your volume pedal first. All right. Here's the solution three volume pedals <laughs> one pre-board one post drive one post board problem solved oh my gosh so many problems
1: solved by that oh except for the fact that you don't have a single spot left on your board for anything <laughs> you're you fill up your whole board with volume pedals you got
0: to get those AMT uh little what oh my gosh called the the real the boss size volume pedal if i
1: did the that for with the the morley minis here it would take up a third of my board
0: yeah no what about the uh the moor fold out yeah volume pedal thing hey and if once those
1: hit the market i might be checking them out if i can get one cheap enough they're so small and you slam one of those things down somewhere If they make an if they're smart, they'll make an expression pedal version. I think there might. I know there's a bunch of them. If they're Uh, not smart, I'll have to just take the volume pedal and modify it to be an expression pedal. I think there's like eight pedals
0: in that line.
1: Yeah, but like six of them are different wahs. Yeah, that's true. And they all have weird names like oh, the orange wah or the color wah or you know, it's probably not color wah because color wah is actually a desirable thing, an existing. Thing so they probably won't have that. Yeah, uh, do we want to call that it?
0: I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not the timekeeper. I'm the timekeeper. Do we want to Are call you that the key it? master? Oh gosh. <laughs> if I say yes, do we have to bone? That's how, that's how it works, right? <laughs> There's only Zool. <laughs> there is no dana yeah there's only zool now guys oh my gosh i just realized that the song there is no dana by 238 is a ghostbusters reference oh my gosh all right guys uh we have a song and
1: it's a special song because it's from my band uh we talk about my band pretty often we have finally finished wrapping up our album we finally finished wrapping up finally our music video uh, go to You search for Dinosaur Ghost on Bandcamp And you can find our album Listen to it, download it, send us money uh, We'd be very thankful for it We we put how, how much is it on
0: Bandcamp? We put a few It's ten bucks Wow, that's like less than a dollar per song No, it's ten songs Oh, that's like only a dollar per it's song Exactly a dollar per
1: song um, We put a couple grand into recording this thing We put hundreds of hours of work If you haven't done studio recordings before or recording a full album, it is a lot of work. And uh, these days, who knows what the return is going to be. It's kind of a labor of love. So go on to Bandcamp, check it out.
0: Or a labor of self-hate. Go on to YouTube
1: and watch our music video. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We wear dinosaur masks and jump around and generally act like idiots um and i melt some dinosaur toys in the video
0: the melting dinosaur thing was like that was really weird it was weird good good or bad weird good weird okay good like it kind of just took me by surprise at first
1: yeah it kind of changes it changes the the tone of the video once it starts happening uh because it starts out as kind of just your standard video right yeah um the title of this song is sand level i hope you guys enjoy it Uh, thanks for listening thanks Uh, we'll see you next week bye